We begin today's Shiondaf Pezayin, nine lines from the top, at the point at which the Gemara begins following the Mishnah. In our previous Shior, we learned the Mishnah, and the Gemara will pick up from one of the points mentioned in the Mishnah. Specifically, the uh, Mishnah described at the beginning a Bas Yisrael who married a Kohen, had a child from the Kohen, and then the husband died. She then married a Levi, had a child with him. The husband died, and she married a, a Yisrael, and had a child with him. The Mishnah uh, went on to describe uh, case, the, that scenario where the children that the Bas Yisrael had with the Yisrael and with the Levi those children died, leaving the Bas Yisrael with a son from the Kohen. So that, without going over all of the details of the Mishnah, but the Bas Yisrael, when she had married the Kohen, she gained rights to eat Truma, and with the bearing of a child with the Kohen, even though the husband died, the child gave her <coughs> Truma-eating rights. In the course of time, with the other uh, marriages and, and births, she lost the Truma rights, but with the death of the children from the Levi and the Israel, we saw that that Bas Yisrael mother went back to eating Truma because she was left with her Kohen son. So the Gemara wants to uh, focus on that, this whole idea of the woman going back to eating Truma as a, in, in the merit of her having a son from the Kohen, even though, as we said, her husband, the Kohen, was dead already. So our Gemara. Uh, by the way, we have a little arrow that indicates to look back at Pei Vav Amit Beis, and if you have Pei Vav Amit Beis in front of you, you can see the second line from the bottom of Pei Vav Amit Beis, where this uh, Gemara is picking up from. So, Mace Beno Milevi, the Bas Yisrael, happened to have had a son also from the Levi, and he, the son died after the child from the Yisrael died. Toichal Betruma, the mother uh, is able to eat Truma be, because of her son, the, uh, the son from the Kohen. The Hadra Achla Mishum Minolan. From where do we know this idea of a Bas Yisrael being able to return to Truma eating in the merit of her son, the son that she had with her Kohen husband? The Gemara answers Omar Rav, Rabbi Abo Omar Rav The Pasuk says Bas Ubas uh, We should by, the, by all means look at the side of the Gemara where we have written in Psukim that are relevant to our Gemara from Vayikra, Perek, Chofbeis Psukim Yudbeis and Yudgimel on the side we have written, Uvas Kohen ki he lo sochel. If you're dealing with a daughter of a Kohen, who though she comes from a Kohen household which is entitled to eat Truma, when she marries a non Kohen, she loses that right. And Posuk Yidgimel, Uvas Kohen ki almono grusha, vezera einla, vishava el beis oviha kinurea. A Bas Kohen, when she becomes a widow or divorced, and she has no children from the uh, husband that was a non-Kohen, so she's left without children from them. Veshova el Beisavia, she goes back to her father's house as she was beforehand. Milechem Avia Sochel, Vecholzar lo Yochal Bo. She goes back to eating from the food that her father was eating from them, the truma tithes that he was receiving. But Azar is not allowed to eat from that. Azar is a non-Kohen. In the Pasuk that we just read, we saw the word Ubas Kohen. The Vav of that would appear to be the source of including not just a Bas Kohen, but a Bas Yisrael that happens to have a son from a Kohen. That's what Rabbi Abba said in the name of Rav, Bas Ubas. The Gemara asks, Keman, Kurabi Akiva, Dorish Vavi, is this halacha then based on the opinion of just Rabbi Akiva, who places an emphasis on the extra Vav 
in, in a word, he is the one that's known to darshan the vav. The Gemara says, Afilu Tema Rabbonan. We don't have to limit this ruling to the Shita, to the opinion of Rabbi Kiva. We can say, even according to the Rabbonan, Kula Ubas Kro Yeserahu. The entire word at the beginning of Pasuk Yud Gimel is, in effect, an extra word. Being that in Pasuk Yud Beis, the subject of the verse was a Bas Kohen. It would it was uh, possible to write this verse Posekud Gimel without the entire word Ubas, so that when it comes to making drushes, when it comes to expounding on verses, we aren't limiting ourselves in this case to Rabbi Akiva, who places emphasis on singular on a singular letter Vav, but rather when it comes to an, an entire extra word, that's something that even the Rabbonon would agree is the source of new information. And this and in this case, it is the source of the halacha that a Bas Yisrael that has a son from a Kohen can resume eating truma because in the merit of her son. Uh, and when we say resume, we're talking about a scenario where she had been married afterwards, after she was married to the Kohen and had the child, she was married then to other men, at which, time, at which point she had to stop eating the truma. The Gemara continues, and maybe before we continue with the Gemara itself, we glance at the side, we have a nosei mivne heading. You'll see a triangle featured, and... Uh, this this represents Makoro sources Lebas Kohen Almona Ogrusha Chazeres Lutruma Velo Lechazavashok. So now a word about Chazavashok. We're going to deal with the issue of a Bas Kohen who becomes a widow or divorced. She goes back to her father's house, as we said before, to resume eating Truma, but she does not resume the eating of the sacrificial portions that a Kohen receives from sacrifices. Even though before she was married as a daughter of a Kohen, she was entitled to eat the Chozev Eshok. Those are portions, the names of the portions from a from sacrifices that Kohanim receive. But in the case of a Bas Kohen, the daughter of a Kohen, who happened to have married a non-Kohen and then becomes an Almona, or a grusha, a widow, or a divorcee, she does not resume the eating of chazavashok. Truma, yes, not chazavashok. What is the source for that? So you, we will discover quite a few opinions as to what Pusuk serves as a source for that information. Tonu Rabona. We continue now in the Gemara. We have a Tanaic source, Kashi, Chozeres, Chozeres the Truma, Vieno, Chozeres le Chozevashok. Uh, this, as Rashi says, is a reference to the Pasuk that we read. Pasuk Yud Gimel, Bas Kain Kisia, Amar Grusha, Vizera Ein Law. That Pasuk, when she goes back to her father's house, we say she goes back to eating Truma. And, uh, and uh, she can, we said actually not just a Bas Kain, but the, the woman who happens to be a Bas Yisrael that, that had a son from a Kohen. So in our in our uh, Rashi, there is a distinction, however, that's made between the Bas Kohen herself versus a woman who had a child from a Kohen. And what's going what's very interesting to note is a point of contrast. It might be something that one wouldn't have thought of on their own. But we'll see later in the Gemara this point is emphasized <clears throat> that a daughter of a Kohen, when she becomes, when she had married uh, a Tsar, and then he died and she becomes a widow or is divorced, she goes back to eating Truma and not Chazavashok. However, a woman whose entire association with Truma is in the merit of her son, that would be the case of a Bas Yisrael that happened to have a son from a Kohen. She is entitled to resume eating not only of truma but of chaza v'shok as well. So we'll, we'll come back to that later in the Gemara. Our uh, Gemara continues. Omar of Chista, Omar Ravina, Barshilo, Micro. What is the pasuk that indicates that a bas kohen, the daughter of a kohen, when she becomes an almona, 
or a grusha, after having been married to a non-Kohen, and she goes back to her father's house, she goes back to Truma and not to Chazav The posuk they quote is, He betrumas hakodoshim lo sochel. This we saw already, Perik Chof Beis of Vayikra, posuk Yud Beis, and the Pesach says, He betrumas hakodoshim lo sochel. What does that mean? Bemurom mina kodoshim lo sochel. Murom is that which is lifted up and separated from sacrifices that she does not eat. So, truma, yes, truma is the tithe taken from produce given to Kehanim, but not portions from sacrifices that are given as gifts to the Kehanim. That she does not eat. Rav Nachman Omar Rabo Baravua the Posuk says Milechem. Milechem is a word that you find in Posuk Yud Gimel. And Milechem, the Mem, is emphasized here. Velo Kol Lechem. Lechem is a word literally meaning bread, but it mean, we'll say it means the food. But the Mem is a limitation letter. It's a prefix that limits. And that means only some of the food. Velo Kol Lechem, not all of the food. Prat This is to the exclusion of the Chazavashok portions of sacrifices that the her father will receive, but she does not. As you can see, we have a bracketed section, and on the side of the Gemara we indicate the following: the starred note, Matrasasograim, the purpose of these brackets, Lishma Retsef Achuvos or Makoros, where we want to maintain a continuity of the sources or answers to the question of what is the source to, uh, regarding the, the Bas Kohen not going back to her father's house for the eating of Chazavashok. So when you skip the bracketed section you see Rav Safra in a triangle number three following that Rav Papa and then two lines after that Rava all giving sources for this idea that she doesn't resume eating Chazavashog. Now, in the brackets, the Gemara raises a suggestion that when uh, we say that she goes back to her father's house, but not fully back to her father's house, uh, maybe it's coming to exclude something else. So, mask. If we continue now with the bracketed section, maskif lo romi barchamo, emo. Why not say prat lahaforas nedorim? Prat means to the exclusion of haforas uh, nedorim is the voiding of vows. A father, when dealing with his uh, daughter, a father has a right to annul the vows his daughter makes. What happens in the case of a woman that had left her father's house and then, after being widowed or divorced, goes back to the father's house? So the father does not resume the uh, the uh, the position of one who can annul her vows. Let's take a look at Rashi uh, further down on the page in the narrow lines. The Amo Pratla Foras Nidorim Velo Tamo. And 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 not say kihechi did the inyan truma hodra lemilsa kamaisa tether nami the inyan nedorim. Just in in contrast to truma, let us say that yes, she goes back to truma, but not to haforas nedorim. So maybe that is what we are to learn from this. A Gemara responds. As far as the exclusion of a return to father's role in annulling vows, that is covered by another source. There's already a source for that. So that we, when we learn the psukim here that indicate uh, a limitation to her return to truma and not to something else, we don't need our psukim here to serve as the source for excluding haforas nadoram. That's taken care of in another place. And that other place is now what the Gemara de, uh, um, shares. The Tono Debei Rabbi Shmuel. The following source was taught in the Yeshiva of Rabbi Shmuel from uh, Sefer Bamidbor Perek Lamed. V'neder almona ugrusha yokum oleho. 
the vows of a widow or the vows of a divorcee are uh, are to be fulfilled. Yolkumaleo literally means arise upon her, but if she vowed, she had better fulfill them. Ma Talmud Lomar, what do I need this posuk for? Hello, Mutsa Michlal Avu Mutsa Michlal Baal. An Almona or a Grusha, a widow or a divorcee, she's not in her father's house and and she's not in a husband's house. So uh, who who would annul her vows anyway so that the Pesach would be seeming, seemingly tell us, telling us the obvious when it says that the vows of a widow or a divorcee must be maintained, must be fulfilled that's obvious Elo Imagine the following case a man has a daughter that he is giving over to a uh, uh, to another man in marriage. So a father gave his daughter over to agents sent uh, emissaries, agents sent by the husband to pick up his new wife, or the agents of the father delivered uh, the girl, the daughter, over to the agents of the husband. And and root. The, the husband either died or decided to divorce her. Heich ani korei ba. How should I uh, refer to her? How should I refer, how should I describe her? Base ovia shelzu o base balo shelzu. Is she still considered part of her father's house? Since she hasn't completely left his house, she hasn't yet arrived in the new husband's uh, domain yet, or is she considered as part of her husband, the new husband's house, and and as and as a result of that, if you say she is considered part of the new husband's house, so she the the father would not be able to annul her vows, and but we can look together at the Rashi in the lower part of the narrow lines. Base ovia shelzu hayo v'lo gamri Should we say that since she's merely en route, so she hasn't really left her father's uh, domain completely, and therefore the father could still annul her vows? Oh, Rashi goes on. Oh, base balo shelzu varehi kishar almona v'enu av mefer. Or do we say that since she was en route to the husband and she was in the uh, company of the husband's agents? So she's left her father, and therefore the husband, the father cannot, Mayfair cannot uh, uh, annul her vows anymore. Therefore, this pasuk comes to inform us, since she left the father's domain, even for a moment. And let's pick up the reading of the Gemara now. This pasuk of Neder Almonagusha comes to tell me, since she left for uh, for an hour her father's domain shuv eno yocholafir he can no longer annul her vows it's a permanent uh, uh, loss of authority over her vows so that when the Gemara at the beginning of the bracketed section suggested as Rami Bahama suggested maybe in the psukim dealing with what the woman goes back to when she goes back to her father's house after becoming an almoner or a grusha, she goes back to truma, but not to something else. That other thing is not a reference to hafora sadarim because hafora sadarim is covered by this source, the bamidbar perik lamid. Therefore, when we uh, suggested above, she leaves. She goes back to her father's house for eating truma, not for something else. That not for something else is a reference to the chaze v'shok, the sacrificial portions. That's what she it does not go back to eating. Uh, we continue in the Gemara number three, Rav Safra Omar. Again, we're dealing with the uh, issue of Abbas Kohen. When she becomes an Almoner Grusha, she doesn't go back to eating Chose Veshok. Milechem Ovia Tochel. From Posuk Yidgimel, Rav Safra sees Lechem Vilobosar. She goes back to eating bread. Bread is representative of that which grows, a produce, but not meat, not the sacrificial portions. Rav Popo Omar, Milechem Ovia Tochel. 
Lechem hakonui lovia. When the Pesach says, from the bread of her father she eats, that was taken to mean bread that her father becomes the possessor of, the owner of. Prat l'chazavashok, to the exclusion of the sacrificial portions, to mishuchon govoa kozochu. Now, literally, it means that he he gains merit in eating the chaz of shok because he derives it from the heavenly table, which means the kohen when he eats truma, he's eating something that is given to him as he now becomes the owner of it, it becomes his possession. Chaz of shok, sacrificial portions, we don't say he becomes the owner of it, but rather he has a right. To it, he's he's given a right to eat chazavashok from the divine lofty table, the the altar, so to speak. So it's there's a difference between being considered the owner of something as opposed to someone that has rights to something. So that when the pasuk says milechem tochel, according to Rav Papa, the lechem means something. She gets she gets the right to eat something from from. To eat that which her father is the owner of. Lechem hakonui lavia. Number five. Verova Omar, vs chazeh hatnufa, vs shok atruma, tochlu bemokom tohor, ato uvanecho uvenosecho itoch. So th- this is a, a different posset, but from Vayikra Perak Yud Posset Yudalin. And what uh, Rova sees in this posset. The Pesach, of course, is saying that the Chazayat Nufa Shok are the sacrificial portions. Don't be confused by the word Hatruma, because Truma means something that's lifted up and separated. In this case, we're talking about portions separated from the sacrifice that are given to a Kohen. And in the Pesach says, the Kohen, together with his sons and daughters, eat it. Bizman She'itach. That means when she is with you. But once she marries, she's not with you, the father, anymore. And therefore, she does not continue, she doesn't resume eating that. Only when she is with you, meaning she starts off with you and hasn't left you yet. But once she leaves you, she doesn't go back to the, the Chazav Ashok portions of the sacrifice. Omar of Ado Bar Ava, Tana, Kishi Chazer the source tells us that when she goes back to her father's house, uh, a, a Bas Kohen, when she goes back, she goes back for Truma and not for Chose Vishok. Now, this is in contrast to the other case, and we mentioned this before, Bishvil Beno, Choseris Af Vishok. If a woman is uh, bore a child from a Kohen and through that child she is uh, she, she has the merit of eating the uh, uh, portions given to Kohanim so we're told in this source that a woman who is eating in the merit of her child she has a right to eat even the Chose Vishok let's take a look at Rashi the uh, end of the narrow lines, Kishichozeris, Bas Kohen. That's a reference to the Bas Kohen, the daughter of a Kohen, who becomes an Almona or a Grusha, and has no children. So she goes back, and we said to, for, Chose, for, for Truma, for the produce, tithe of produce. Avol Bas Yisrael, Chozeris Lechol Betruma Bishvil Beno, Kigon Yolda Mikoyen, Venisis Yisrael, Umeis, a Bas Yisrael who married a Kohen, had a child, and the husband died. The uh, Kohen died, and actually Rashi goes uh, says she after she after the uh, she had a child from the Kohen, and then after her husband died, she married a Yisrael, and the husband the Yisrael husband died during that time, interim period when she was married to the Yisrael, so she she lost her her Kohen identification. But when the husband the Yisrael husband dies, Choseris Afle Chosevishok, she goes back to eating even Chosevishok the Gabi Bas Kohen. Ksivi Miuti. It's only in the context of the Bas Kohen, the daughter of a Kohen, that we see limitation. We don't see limitation in the case of the Bas Yisrael that had a child from a Kohen. And since we don't see a scriptural limitation, though it might appear to be paradoxical, but that's what we see from the verses. Let's continue in the Gemara.
Also, Rav Mordechai Omer Lishmaitzu Kamei Rav Ashi. Rav Mordechai said over this teaching to Ravashi, Omar Mehecha Ka Misrabia. From where do we learn the Bas Yisrael gets to eat Truma because of her son? Me Ubas. This was a reference to the uh, Pusik that we saw earlier. Pasuk Yud Gimel Bas Kohen Kisya Almona Grusha. So from the from that extra word we included not only a Bas Kohen but a Bas Yisrael that had a child from a Kohen. She also, even if afterwards she married Yisrael and lost the Truma right, she when the Yisrael husband dies, she goes back in the merit of her son. So that's the source for the Bas Yisrael eating Truma. So we ask the question, Mi Adifa Lomina, can the rule of a Bas Yisrael who eats in the merit of her son be greater than the rules that apply to a Bas Kohen? The Bas Kohen herself, she does not go back to Chazavishel. So how is it that you're telling me that the Bas Yisrael who eats in the merit of her son does go back to eating Chazavishel? The Gemara answers, Hosam Ksivi Miuti. In the case of the Bas Kohen, you have limitation expressions. Hacha loksivi miuti. In the case of a woman who eats in the merit of her son, you don't have limitation expressions. We continue in the Gemara with a quote from the Mishnah, Bas Koyen Shenises Yisrael V'chulei, Tonu Rabbonan. We have a Tanaic source, and we also have an introduction on the side under our topic heading, the Nosei, and we'll read that together. Bas Koyen Shomeres Yavam O Muuberes, the daughter of a Kohen who whose husband died, leaving uh, uh, no children, but a surviving brother. So she is a Shomeres Yavam. She's waiting for the brother-in-law to marry her. Oi Muuberes, or she's a Bas Kohen that happens to be uh, pregnant. Oh, she Yeshla Vlad, or she has a child. So, uh, of course, a Bas Kohen that has a child from a Yisrael. Uh, so, lo chozeres. She doesn't go back to eating truma from her father's house. Agamora dona bekach. Haim be'emes yesh tzorech leposuk lemayi muberes. Agamora will be investigating, is it really necessary to use, to uh, uh, cite a posuk to exclude the pregnant, uh, the Bas Koin who's pregnant, or it's maybe we can prove that through Kalvachomer logic. Uh, we also have a structural note, the Mivne, where a double underline is featured. These are hadgoshes. These are a simple, a simple means of emphasizing certain terms, lahokiel alakria, to make the reading simpler. So we have a way to focus on certain points, certain words, as we go through the logic. Now the Gemara, Tonu Rabbana, Vishova el base oviha. This was in Vayikra Perichov base posuk yud gimel. We saw this before. We read this posuk before. She goes back to her father's house for eating truma. This, of course, was the uh, Bas Kohen who had been married to a uh, non-Kohen and she became a widow or divorced. So, we go. she goes back to her father's house. Who, who, what, what's intended by this Pesach is Prat to the exclusion of a type of woman that doesn't really go back to her father's house because she's waiting for the Yavam to marry her. So, she, she's bound to the Yavam. Hence, she's not described as someone who goes back to her father's house. Kinureha, also a word in the Pasuk. Prat Lumuberis. This is a scriptural reference to the exclusion of a Bas, a bas Kohen who was, who was pregnant with a child from, a, from the Yisrael. It's true her husband died, but she's left pregnant. She does not go back to eating truma. The Gemara now asks, the Bryce asks, Vahalo din hu. Is it not so that through logic I could exclude the Muberis from truma eating? Uma b'mokoyim. 
And what happens now, just to, by way of introduction, we're going to uh, cite another uh, case. We have the case of Yibum and the case of the Meuberes. And we're going to create a Kalvachomer. The result of which ought to be that the Meuberes will certainly not go back to eating Truma. How do we construct the Kalvachomer? So let's see how it's done in the text. Uma shelo osa vlad min horishon kivlad min hasheni lefotra min ayibom yet osa ubar kiyalud Now for some of us that might be considered a mouthful. So we're going to go over this carefully. The case of Yibum where the source says lo also vlad min rishon kevlad min hasheni. So what is what does that mean? So you have a woman that was married to a particular husband, and they had a child. The husband died, and then the woman married a second husband. That that second husband dies, leaving no children. What is the din regarding the woman? And Yibum. Well, if that second husband died leaving no children, but he left a brother, <coughs> she is not exempt from Yibum. Just because she happened to have a child with some other guy, some previous husband, that has nothing to do with her marriage to the second husband that died leaving no children. So she's not exempt by virtue of the fact that she happens to have a child from a previous husband. So that's what this line means when the, in the case of Yibum, where we do not view the Vlad from the Rishon, from the first husband, as if it were the, a child from the second husband. <clears throat> a child from the second husband would certainly have exempted her from Yibum, even though he might have left the husband that she was the second husband that she had as a brother, but if she had a child from the second husband, that she would be exempt from Yibum. Obviously, Yibum is only for a case where the man dies leaving no children. But in the, as far as the laws of Yibum are concerned, the fact that she has a, hus- a, a child from the first husband, that's not like a child from the second husband to exempt her from Yibum. So that you see that in the realm of Yibum, there's a certain limitation in how far we go with exemptions. <clears throat> and yet, Asa Ubar Kiyolud, in the case of Yibum, a woman who is uh, whose husband died, but she's pregnant, she is exempt from Yibum. So that Yibum represents a realm where exemption is not so forthcoming. But when it comes to a, a pregnancy, that does create exemption. Makaim she'asa vlad Min harishon kevlad min hasheni lepoisla min hatruma in the realm of truma, where the child from a first husband. Imagine a bas kohen that was married to Israel, and she had a child, and the husband Israel died, and then she married someone else, and. She, and that second fellow died without children. This Bas Kohen, because she has a, has a child from the first husband, from the Israel, she is still restricted from Truma eating. So that in the realm of Truma, the Vlad from the first husband does have influence over her. So that the realm of Truma, we see there is more influence than in the case of Yibum with regard to the Vlad from the first husband where it prevents her from eating Truma so Eino Din Shinase Ubar Kiyalud all the more so in the realm of Truma the pregnancy will have an influence so that if we want to restate this Kabbalah in somewhat superficial general terms we would say in the case of Yibum where the there is no influence of Vlad from the previous from the previous husband, uh, 
as, as opposed to a vlad from, a, from the second husband. And yet, pregnancy does influence in the realm of truma, where the child from the first husband is very influential, as if it were a child from the second husband, to, uh, to uh, disqualify her from truma, all the more so pregnancy should be able to have influence. Higmar says, Lo, I don't accept that Kalvachomer. Ma li osa ubor kiyolud leinyan yebom. In the case of yebom dafka, specifically there, the pregnancy will have an effect. Shere osa mesim kechayim. In the realm of yebom, there's another halacha where the husband died uh, and then. A, 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 a woman who was married and had a child where the, hus- the husband uh, died and then afterwards the child dies in the realm of Yibum the, the dead is like the living the fact that the, the son died after the father died it's tantamount to the son remaining alive and that exempts her from Yibum so, in the realm of Yibum, I can see more reason for the influence of the Ubar in the direction of exemption, because there's additional precedent for exemption, in the form of what we just read, also Mesim Kechayim, the dead are as if they're alive. The dead son is as if he's still alive, exempting the mother from Yibum. Should we say the same thing in the case of truma that, that pregnancy should have an effect? In the realm of truma, when the, uh, when the child dies, we don't view him as if he is still alive. And to make it a little more practical, we go look at Rashi's second line from the bottom. Where uh, the daughter of a Kohen who had married a Tsar and the husband died, and then the child that they had died, she goes back, she goes back to her father's house. She's not excluded from Truma. So you see, in the realm of Truma, we don't view the, the dead, the dead son, as if he is still alive. So, with that having been said, uh, I, I can't make the Kalvachomer before that we tried to do uh, and through which we would then say that the, the, uh, the Muberis, the pregnancy by Truma would prevent her from going back to her father's house Tamalomar, therefore I need the Pusuk to, to conclude thusly Kinurea Prat Muberis only through the Pusuk will I exclude the Muberis the uh, the Bas Cohen who's pregnant from the Israel uh, from uh, I'll exclude her from going back to her father's house. She's a Bas Cohen and eating the Truma. The Gemara now goes on to make a point. Before we read the Gemara text, let's, uh, just a word of let's say an overview. We just finished a Tanaic source which uh, featured Dinim Halachas of Yibum and Halachas of Truma. There was an attempt made to make a kavachomer concerning the uh, the status of a meuberes and her being disqualified from uh, resuming truma eating. The logic featured in the kavachomer was rejected, and hence we have to resort to the pasuk. On Omid Bay's, you'll notice uh, there's a simon three lines from the top. But there's a that simon. It's a type of mnemonic device to remember to uh, be able to remember the upcoming Gemara. But several lines after that, you can see if you count uh, uh, five lines from the top, there is a section of Gemara that will continue to the end of the parak, where alternative suggestions appear. Suggestions that through Kalvachomer logic. Maybe I should come to conclusions other than that we, other than that which we have established, or other than that which we thought till now. And at each point, 
the after the Kavachomer is raised, the Gemara will show that through Psukim you cannot conclude whatever you are attempting to conclude. This will be a, a very definitive uh, structured Gemara, very uh, a, a Gemara with a very definitive structure to it. Uh, four alternative suggestions, but each one is rejected by citations where we have diamonds, as you can see on Omid Bay's where Talmud Lomar is featured in the diamond where the Pasuk comes to uh, refute or uh, undo what is suggested in the Kabbalah Homer uh, I, I, I sometimes refer to the, the, that type of Gemara as, as a, a type of intellectual acrobatics where we try to activate logic to conclude something that is other than that which is accepted and then of course you'll ask well if logic would lead you to that alternative how do we know that what we uh, understand to be accepted as being true so at each point at each juncture the Gemara will say we know what we know through Psukim but before we get to that section of Gemara the Gemara has a long point and let's continue in the Gemara Valad. We have two scenarios, two cases of Abbas Kohen. We featured these in our introductory remarks under the Nosei heading before, of a daughter of a Kohen that will be uh, disqualified or, or excluded from going back to her father's house either because she is pregnant from a Yisrael or because she has a child from the Yisrael. And I need to spell out both of these exemptions. One is in, in the, through the word kinu reha, a word from the Pasuk, and the other is the Pasuk that says vizera ein law, where she has no children, so we say she goes back to eating from her father's house, to the exclusion of a woman that left a, that has a child from the Israel. So the Gemara reads, V'itzrich lemichtav kinu reha, limute muberes, we read that already. Okay, so we continue. The e kosav. What we have to do is show why is each type of exemption needed to be spelled out, and as opposed to just leave spelling out one exemption or one disqualification, and let me figure out the other from that. So let's see why that we couldn't that could not be done. The Ikosav Rachmona Vezera Ain Law had the Torah described a woman that had uh, no children, she goes back, as opposed to a woman that has a child from the Israel, she does not go back. I'll tell you there I understand she doesn't go back. Originally when she was with her father, she was an individual, she was one person, Chad Gufa one person and now there are two there's the, the woman and the child that she has from the Israel so that's like a, we'll say that's a, a big change so she can't go back to eating Chumavol Muberes the case of a Bas Cohen who is, was impregnated by Israel they may call her Chagufa originally she was an individual she was one person Vahashto Chagufa she's still one person granted she has uh, a, she's carrying a pregnancy but she's still one person I would have thought that when the Yisrael husband dies, leaving her pregnant, she goes back to her father's house to eat truma. Therefore, I need the Pasuk to to exclude the Meuberes. Something I would not have been able to derive from the other halacha, the halacha of a Baskoin with a child that does not resume eating truma. Had the Torah written the uh, case of the Muberes as being uh, disqualified from resuming truma eating, well, that is easily understood. The Meikara Gufa Srika. Originally, she is, uh, when she was uh, in her father's house, she was a Gufa Srika, she was an empty body, and Srika means empty, she was not pregnant and we're at the top of Omid Beis, Vahashto Gufa Malio now, she has a different kind of body, she's full, she has a, she's carrying a pregnancy, so there's a 
a major change in the lady herself. Aval zera ain't law, but regarding the issue of a woman that through the Pasuk of Zerah in law, we said if she has a child, so she does not resume, the Baskoin who has a child from the Yisrael does not resume Truma eating, they may kora gufasrika, vehashta gufasrika, that case she originally, when she was by her father she was an empty body, and now to it's true she bore a child, but she's empty herself right now there, there hasn't been any change <coughs> there is no change in her in, in her as she is now from the point that she was originally she was originally Gufasrika and now too she's Gufasrika Amolo, I would have thought that she is not ex- that she's not disqualified from eating the, the truma of her father Sricha, therefore I need to memayate that case as well where I need the posuk to memayate uh, the case of Yesh law Vlad uh, as you can see, we have what we referred to before. Simon, Omar le lo nase maser b'miso nase lo nase b'vlad yovam truma ibum utruma simen. This is a a uh, we'll call it a mnemonic or a, a memory device in order to be able to recount that which we are going to see later in the Gemara. Before we go through the Gemara, I know that we introduced this before, but let's do it again through that which we've written on the side under the Nosei Mivneh heading, the Nosei is the structural note, the, the topic heading Mivneh, the structural note, this comment deals with both topic and structure the Gemara represents these are Nisionos Lishanos Hamaskonos Dilieel, attempts to change the uh, conclusions that we had reached before, or I'll say the ideas that we had stated before, through the creation of Kalvachomer uh, logic, the Psukim, that are featured in diamonds. The Talmud Lomar expression, which introduces the Pasuk, is highlighted with the diamond. So each double underline uh, will introduce a we'll say a suggestion and when the diamond appears you realize that that suggestion is being rejected Omar lay Rav Yehuda mi de Askarta Lerova suggestion lo naase mesim kechayim leinyanibom mikavachomer let us not view the dead as if they are alive regarding evil. So we have to just restate or review what we said before and now and then suggest that at this point we want to say other than that which we said. A woman who was married and had a child the husband died and then the son died the child died we say that a woman like that does not do Yibum. Simply, when the husband died, he's a man that died leaving a child. The fact that the child died later, that's of no relevance regarding her exemption from Yibum. The way we had stated that before is, the dead are as if they're alive. And what do we mean by that? The, the child that died after his father, it's as if the child remains alive with respect to the mother's exemption from Yibum. So whether the son is alive, or even if it is dead, assuming of course that he died after his father, the mother is exempt from Yibum. And what's the Gemara trying to do now? To say no, let's not say that. And that is in these words, which we'll read again, Lo mason, let us not consider the, the dead, namely that son that had died as if he's still alive regarding Yibum and now the result of this suggestion would be that a woman that had been married had a child the husband died and then the son died she'll now have to do Yibum that would be the result and and, how sh- and why should we say that? through Kavachomer logic min 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 Hasheni, 
Yet, lo asa mesim kechayim. In the realm of truma, we say that the we had a case before of a of a bas kohen that married a Yisrael, and she had a son from the Yisrael. When the husband dies, and she marries a second husband, and has no children. Nevertheless, the the child that she had from the first husband prevents her from going back to truma eating. <clears throat> so, in the realm of truma, we describe it as a as a situation where the vlad minorishon is as it's, it's like a vlad minasheni to uh, disqualify her from eating truma, to disqualify the bas kohen from going back to her father's house. And yet, lo also mesim kechayim. In the case of Truma, if she had a son from a Yisrael, if the Bas Kohen had a son from the Yisrael, and that son died, we don't say it's as if he's still alive. We don't say it's as if the Bas Kohen still has a son from Israel and doesn't, doesn't eat Truma. That's not true. We know that if the son dies, if the son the Bas Kohen had from Israel, she, she goes back to her father's house. And that's what we mean here. Lo also mesim kechayim. So, so we, up till now we've stated the case of Truma, where we, we say that the Vlad Minorishon, in the case of Truma, is like a Vlad Minasheni, where that disqualifies her from Truma. But yet, we don't say that Mesim Kechayim, Mokayim, in the case of Yibom, Shaloasa Vlad Minorishon Kevlad Minasheni Lefotra Minayibom. In the realm of Yibom, the, the, the fact that she had a child from a first husband. It's not like, it's not as if she has a child from the second husband to exempt her from Yibum, but rather she is obligated to Yibum. Enodin, Shelo, Naase, Mesim, Kechayim. All the more so, in the case of Yibum, we should not view the dead as if they are alive. And if the child died after her husband, she should be obligated to do Yibum. So why don't we say that? So once again, through logic, using Truma as your starting point, you would end off that in a case of Yibum, if a woman was married, and uh, the husband died, and then the child that they had died, she would be expected to do Yibum. Why don't we say that? Here, the the pasuk means the ways of Torah, Torah and mitzvahs, they are they are pleasant ways, and all its paths are paths of peace. And as a result of that, that the Torah represents paths of peace and pleasantness, the suggestion is rejected. What was the suggestion? That if a woman had been married and had a child, the husband died, and then the child died, the suggestion was she should be expected to do Yibum. Yibum or Chalitza. But Durachel Darachinon precludes that. So if we look at Rashi's second line from the top, Durachel Darachinon, Ben, the woman whose husband died, but he left a child. And at that point, when the husband died, and she still had a son, the uh, the child from that husband remained alive. She wasn't yavam bound. And then, well, she wasn't yavam bound, so she married some outsider. Umes And after she married the outsider, the child from the first husband died. Im toimar. If you're going to expect this woman who is now married to a new husband, if you're going to say that as a result of the child from her previous husband dying makes her obligated in the mitzvahs of Yibum, so okay, she's not going to marry the brother-in-law, but she's going to have to participate in a shoe removal ceremony. Harehi <coughs> misgana 
by having a married woman going to some previous brother-in-law and having to remove his shoe and going through the spitting ceremony if uh, you were to watch your wife doing that what would you feel? so Chazal understand this that that is it lowers the, uh, her esteem uh, or, or her, the, her pleasantness in the eyes of her husband of her new current husband since the Torah couldn't possibly set up a woman to be in such a position where she'll become her esteem will be lowered in the eyes of her husband when the Pasuk says regarding the mitzvah of Yibum Ben Einlo, a man who dies leaving no children, Bishas Misa Koomar, Yeshlo. The mitzvah Yibum is only applicable to a man that dies, and at the time of death he had no children. Only then do we say the widow is obligated to do Yibum. But a man who died, and at the time of death he left a child, there is no mitzvah Yibum to begin with. And just to repeat ourselves, the, the reason for that is is that otherwise you're going to be setting up a woman for a situation that would lead to unpleasantness in the eyes of her husband as we described the Gemara now suggestion number two why not say the following and here is a, a truma related suggestion v'nase mesim kechayim le'inyin truma what would the result of this suggestion be? Let us view uh, uh, that which is dead as if he is alive regarding Truma. That if a Abbas Kohen had a child from a Yisrael, even though the child from the Yisrael died, we're suggesting now that she should not be able to go back to eating Truma from her father's house as Abbas Kohen. And let us make this suggestion, which of course is counter to that which we were assuming earlier. So let us make this suggestion based on a Kalvachomer. Let us conclude this based on Kalvachomer logic. And again, the conclusion, this conclusion would be that a Baskoin that happened to have a son from Israel, even if the child died, that she should be disqualified from Truma through Kalvachomer. Uma b'mokoim. And yet, mind you, in under circumstances, in the topic of Yibum, where the child from a previous husband is not viewed as the child from a second husband to exempt her from Yibum. Rather, uh, if the woman that happened to have a child from a first husband remarried a man that died leaving no children, she's not exempt from Yibum. Rather, she is obligated, as if the child is not there. The child from the first husband is, is, is of no relevance. And yet, in the realm of Yibum, we say that the, the, the dead are like the living. That's the case where the father died, and then the son died. It's as if the son is still alive and the mother is exempt from Yibum. So in the realm of Yibum, you can say that it's, it's presented as a realm where exemption is not easily achieved, but there is some area of exemption in, this, in the sense of where we say also mesim kechayim. That's in the realm of Yibum. In the realm of Truma, Malkaim Sheosa Vlad Minorishon Kivlad Minasheni, Leposlo Minatruma, there the Vlad from the Rishon has influence on her as if it's a Vlad Minasheni, which we know disqualifies the Bas Kohen from Truma. So in, in a realm where Vlad Minorishon does have influence, so all the more so we should be able to view the dead as if they are alive and if she once had a child from a Yisrael even if the child died she should not be able to go back eating truma 
And yet we know she does. Tamalomer, so how do we know she does? How do we know that a Baskoin that had a child from a Yisrael, but once the child dies, she goes back to eating Truma? Tamalomer, Vizera, Ain, Law. The Pesach described the uh, Baskoin going back to Truma if she has no children. Vahal, Ain, Law. Well, right now she has no children. The child that she had from Yisrael died. A new suggestion. Here, what's, what's the suggestion? Which, of course, is counter to, to that which we said before. Let us say that a woman that was married to man number one, and she had a child from man number one. She then marries man number two, dies without children. But since she has a child from man number one, let us say that she would be exempt from Yibum through Kabachomer logic. So our conclusion, we want to conclude something about Yibum. What's the starting off point? We're going to start off with Truma. Mind you, in a realm uh, where, like, like Truma, where we don't view the dead as if they are alive, Namely, if a Bas Kohen was married to Yisrael and had a son, but the son died. We don't view the dead son as if he's alive to disqualify her from Truma, but she's entitled to Truma. So you have the Truma is presented as a realm where, where the, uh, the disqualification is not so easily achieved. And yet, also Vlad bin Orishon Kivlad bin Asheni, Yet with regard to a child that she had from a first husband, a Bas Kohen that married a Yisrael and had a child from him, and uh, the husband died and she married a second man leaving no children, but the fact that she has a child from the first husband disqualifies her. So the realm of Truma where we say, it's not so easy to disqualify her, and yet through and yet when it comes to the Vlad bin Orishon, is like Vlad bin Asheni, in the realm of Yibum, where we do view the dead as if they are alive to exempt her from Yibum. In other words, the dead being like alive do have an influence in the realm of Yibum. And, and by, by the way, what do we mean by the As we said already a few times, if a woman had been married to a man and they had a child and the man died and then the son child died, the child is mace, but it's viewed as he is viewed as still as, as, as if he's still alive, in, insofar as exempting the mother from evil. So, in the realm of evil, where we do allow masim to be viewed as chayim, all the more so in this realm of Yibum we should view the child that she has from that first husband as being influential in exempting her from Yibum with the brother of the second husband and yet we don't say that we don't say that since, since she had a, a child from the first husband that, that will exempt her from Yibum upon the death of her second husband who left no children so how do we know that? Talmud Lomar Uven Ein Lo. When a man dies, leaving no children, there is a mitzvah of Yibum. The Ha Ein Lo. This second husband died, leaving no children. Another suggestion. The Nase Vlad Minorishon Kevlad Minasheni Lechuma. In the realm of Truma, let us not view the child from the first husband as if it's a child from the second husband regarding Truma. And, and the result of this suggestion would be a Bas Kohen, even if she happens to have a child from a Yisrael, but from the... That's, that was from her first, hu- first husband. She married a second husband that left no children. Let her go back to eating Truma. And let us say this through Kalvachomer logic. So you have a, an amazing situation. I say amazing in light of what we take for granted, but here we're going to challenge that through Kabbalah logic. We're going to have a situation of a Baskoin that happened to have a child from Israel, and yet the mother will go back to eating Truma. Why? Because the second husband that she had married died, leaving no children. 
So, in the words of the Gemara, let us not view the Vlad Minorishon as if it were the Vlad Minasheni regarding Truma through Kavachomer. And how does this Kavachomer work? So, here we're going to use Yibum as our starting point. Oma b'mokoim she'osa mesim kechayim lefotra mina Yibum. Mind you, in the realm of Yibum, where we, uh, we view the dead as if they're alive to exempt her from Yibum, and yet, Lo osa vlad minorishon kevlad minasheni. With regard to yibum exemption, we don't look at the vlad of the first husband as capable of of exempting her, as if it were a child from the second husband, and she is obligated in yibum. Mokayim in the realm of truma shelo osa meisim kechayim linyan truma. In the case of Truma, we don't view the dead as if they are alive. That, Namely, if the child that she happened to have from Israel dies, we don't view him as if, as if it's still alive to prevent her from Truma, but rather she goes back to eating Truma. Eno din, so all the more so. Coming off of the case of Yibum, all the more so, let us not view the child from the first husband as if it's a child from the second husband. And if, if I'm not going to view the child from the first husband as if it's from the second husband, we'll have the situation of a Bas Kohen that happens to have a child from a, from a Yisrael, that was her first husband, going back to eating Truma. Talmud Lomar, Ein Law. The pasuk that sanctions a, a basis a bas kohen uh, going back to eating truma is provided she doesn't have any children from a czar. The yeshla, but in this case she happens to have a child from the first husband, and that's enough to disqualify her from returning to eating truma. As you can see, this brings us to the end of the ninth parak, and now we begin the 10th parak of Yevomus, which is known as Ho'isha Rabba. On the side of the Gemara, we have a topic heading, the Nosei. Isha, Shaholach Bailo, the Medina Sayam, a woman whose husband went abroad. The Omrula Meisbalech, and she was told, you know, your husband died. Well, a woman whose husband died is now free to marry someone else. She goes and marries someone else. And lo and behold, the first husband comes back. What are we to do in such a situation? The Mishnah. A woman whose husband went abroad and she was told that your husband died. Venises, she married someone else. And then the first husband comes back. Turns out she was essentially a married woman that married a second fellow, which is totally forbidden. What do we do? What do we say? get First of all, she has to leave. She is not entitled to remain with the second husband. That's for sure not. She was never married to him. She was really married all along to the first guy. But she must leave the first guy also. 